This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, July 28, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. The U.S. response to likely espionage by the Chinese government emanating from consulates is, as Cato senior fellow Brandon Valeriano says, the path of least resistance. Kick them out. But there are real concerns about the behavior of the Chinese government, Huawei, and TikTok's possible role as intelligence assets for the Chinese government and thefts of intellectual property, potentially including critical information about the coronavirus and a possible vaccine. If there uh, is espionage of some variety going on on uh, U.S. soil, although I guess not technically U.S. soil, uh, in foreign countries' consulates, does it matter if we kick them out or not? Oh, no, not at all. This is a strategy of least resistance. Responding to persistent hacking by China by taking down one consulate in Houston, of all places, is probably the least the United States can do. And that's probably their strategic aim right now. They don't want to escalate the situation anymore. Shutting down the San Francisco consulate would have more drastic effects for the Asian and Chinese population in the United States, but the Houston uh, consulate has a less dramatic impact. Okay, so what is the U.S. government, uh, or specifically the White House, what have they uh, demanded so far? I'm not exactly clear. They seem to be demanding that China stop espionage, which sounds like a ridiculous proposition in and of itself. They, of course, have been tethered to this idea or the the fact that China and Russia have been hacking into COVID-19 research. And the indictment released yesterday, um, which was uh, Wednesday, um, the 22nd of July, indicates that the hackers um, operating in China have tried to access COVID-19 research, but it didn't indicate they were successful. So I believe what they're trying to do is stop technology theft, including COVID-19 research theft. But I'm not sure how you stop espionage, given that it's one of the oldest practices we've known in human history, really. All right. Uh, we don't expect any real change. The U.S. doesn't want to escalate a, a situation. So that's, for the most part, it's just all for show. I think that they, the United States government believes that there's a deterrent effect, that this might deter China from hacking further. But we've done this before. We've done this against the Russians. These sorts of hash measures don't really seem to have an impact. And it's not exactly clear that there's something we should be doing. If anything, I think this is more a response to domestic political events, that there's an election coming up, there's a COVID-19 scandal. I think the Trump administration would like to blame China even more for this process and set the stage for further escalation uh, on the road to the election. And that's what's probably the most concerning thing of all. Well, what about the other uh, tech slash intelligence gathering that uh, China is accused of, that of TikTok and uh, Huawei. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and those are really critical questions. Uh, TikTok has kind of escalated in some ways because of the situation between India and China. There was a conflict recently where a number of Indian and Chinese people died um, in a fight with sticks and clubs, of all things. And in response to that escalation in the border between India and China, India has banned TikTok in um, their country. And the fear is that the United States will do the same thing. 
I don't think we're there yet, but there is a concern that any company owned and operated by Chinese nationals is going to be beholden to the Chinese government at some point. It's not clear that they are now, but that is certainly a concern. And that's the same concern that relates to Huawei. The fear is getting uh, Chinese products into the U.S. infrastructure and into the global infrastructure where there is a possibility of inserting backdoors that could eventually harm American security. But that has never been proven, and that's also quite rampant speculation more often than not. How much of dealing with corporate espionage is properly a public sector responsibility, and how much of that is a, is properly a private sector responsibility? Oh, it's almost all private sector. I mean, of course, the U.S. government should be concerned with protecting critical infrastructure. But more often than not, the impetus is on the domestic structures to protect their own assets. And we have consistently failed as a nation in both the public and private sense to protect ourselves against cyber-enabled um, hacking, cyber-enabled malware, anything that might kind of harm the United States. We haven't done enough on the defense. And that's the first thing you need to do before you go on the offense. The United States can be critical of China and various other countries for trying to disrupt uh, the U.S. either through private sector means, that is uh, corporate espionage or corporate hacking. Um, but the United States does a lot of that. Um, is there is there any sense in which our action should not justify uh, similar actions by other countries? Yeah, that I think you hit the nail on the head with that question. That's the true concern in some ways. And the Chinese foreign ministry literally accused the United States of being a thief and yelling stop thief while they're in the middle of committing their own espionage activities. And I think that's a fair point, that I think everyone commits espionage and everyone tries to gain an advantage through cyber-enabled cyber hacking. But it's not clear you can gain an advantage, and I'm not sure how you stop one country from doing it when it's tough to really deter covert operations because they're unknown by definition. So how do you stop something that really doesn't have a clear indicator of an operation that might be going on? We're not really clear how we stop something that's already kind of, is going to happen already. So how do we draw back from the brink there? And that's the real challenge. The other thing the Chinese said is the real danger in this realm is the United States because they have loosened authorities on cyber operations. And that came out very clearly with a Yahoo um, expose that came out last week about the CIA conducting offensive cyber operations. And since the Trump administration has come to power, they had devolved cyber authorities and it's no longer incumbent on the chain of command to basically authorize cyber offensive operations. And that's a true concern for everyone in the international community, not just China. So explain what that might mean practically, because uh, what it sounds like is the president is no longer as you know, commander in chief of the, the armed forces to the extent that it is the, the Pentagon doing this uh, cyber warfare, that the president need not have any direct role in approving any of this. Yeah, I, I believe that's a fair way to state it. If it is a bit, you know, um, it, it's a it's a problem in that the Obama administration had clear lines of authority. 
that anything offensive that might have a significant impact was supposed to be authorized by Obama going through a national cyber director who would de-conflict operations with other U.S. government entities. With the rise of the Trump administration and um, the signing of NSPM 13, which is a national security finding, I believe. I forget what the acronym means. But the basic end and short of it is, is that there was a new authorization that was released in the beginning of the Trump administration that allowed the DOD and now the CIA to conduct offensive operations without going through the true chain of command and going through a deconfliction process. And Congress has raised numerous concerns about this. And this NSPM 13, this finding, um, was classified up until March of this year. So Congress had not even seen this new authority. And that, I think, is a true concern of just about anyone who operates in this space. To what extent uh, have we seen examples of federal agencies or branches of the military essentially at odds in conducting cyber operations? Well, this is the thing is that we don't really express dismay when these things happen, but the true heart of the problem is that there's a lot of overlapping authorities and overlapping interests. So if the Department of Justice indicts a certain member of the Chinese State Intelligence Service, what if the DOD, what if the CIA is has eyes on them, is using them as a source, is trying to deploy honeypots to bring them in? These are things that can happen among different agencies. And we've seen through the history of cyber operations, there is no coordination. Um, it's not exactly clear in the United States because we don't have great eyes on what we're doing because we tend to be pretty good at not getting caught, uh, Snowden besides. Um, but Russia and China have repeatedly done multiple operations where different units of their state security have attacked the same target over and over again. What would right the ship? I mean, certainly we want uh, high-level military officials, and perhaps including the President of the United States, to have some personal role in uh, determining what kinds of operations, potentially you know, causing physical damage to uh, various countries' assets around the world. This isn't nothing when it comes to uh, uh, engaging in warfare. This isn't uh, playing a game. Uh, there are very real consequences here. What what would right the ship in terms of trying to get to, a, I guess, a, a more rational system of engaging in these kinds of operations? I think overall, the United States has consistently failed to think about escalation management in cyberspace. The simple solution offered by the Cyberspace Solarium Commission, which I was a senior advisor for, is to reinstitute the position of a national cyber director. And this seemed to be a useful option given that we don't want to start a new bureaucracy at this point, that that would be probably the worst situation. But we need someone who has a line of authority and a line of control for cyberspace and information operations. So instituting a national cyber director would be the clear and easy solution to this problem. That was put forward by the House NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, um, but it's not in the Senate. NDAA. So we're curious to see what will happen with the conference committee. But um, of course, there is extreme resistance by the White House to this proposal because they see this as an infringement on their free hand to make foreign policy. Brandon Valeriano is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.